You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. And now it is time to open the crypts. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt. Hello and welcome to the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt, Creepy Kingdom's podcast all about movies and series. I am your host, Mr. James H. Carter, joined here by the evil queen, Roxy Tart. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you? Pretty good. That's a good intro. Thank you. I was trying to, yeah. just trying to switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you almost forgot your name. So My name? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't forget it. Uh, was, that, was that like a purposeful pause? Yeah, I like to pause for effect. All right, all right, cool. I was like, did this man forget his name? No. <laughs> It, it's the pause to figure out how, what random way am I going to pronounce my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Anywho, uh, it's definitely been a while since we had a Movie Crypt um, episode. And a big reason for that is that the show is kind of um, – we're going through a little bit of a change. We're changing the format a little bit. Um, it kind of started as a, uh, a look back at films with a little bit of new releases sprinkled in and and also the the format would be it would be a new release but it would probably be a few weeks after the film came out so that we would take kind of a deep dive uh analysis of the film sort of like a like a book club approach that you only really enjoy (laughs) it if you watch the film (laughs) yeah but we decided we wanted to try something a little bit different yeah, I still think there's a, a place for something, that kind of uh, content, but we just kind of want to keep current and kind of preview things that are coming out because there's so much content coming out. I mean, now, I mean, during you know the current state of things, uh, things have slowed down a little bit, but eventually the floodgates will reopen <laughs> and everything that's been pushed back is going <laughs> to <come> flowing <laughs> knock and- us over. You know, because because of our business and what we do, we get screeners before they go out to the general public. And we always have people asking us, well, what did you think? And most of the time we don't, you know, we can't put out our reviews until the embargo is lifted, which is usually right around the time that it comes out. And we were thinking, well, we'd really like to tell people about these movies before they come out so that they can have a little more information on them. No spoilers, but enough information to decide, oh, yeah, I really want to see that or no, I don't want to see that at all. Yeah, so we're going to uh, come out on Fridays, uh, stay current, and talk about what's coming out that weekend. Now, as we uh, alluded to, and everyone's aware, uh, the the, uh, public screening business has come to a screeching halt. (laughs) 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 
And our lives come to a screeching halt. Yes, our lives have come. But in particular, there's not a lot. Of, there's no films coming out of the theater anytime soon. I, I, I don't. We have no idea when. You know, it's going to be safe to start having public gatherings again, and nor do the, the studios. And every day that news is changing, and films that were supposed to be coming out relatively soon have been pushed back. And other films have had early um, digital releases when they were sp- supposed to come out on um, digital, you know, months later. Yeah, and we have no idea what the future will hold, what's going to be on hold so we can go up in the theaters, what's going to actually just skip the theaters altogether and come out on streaming and digital. It's just crazy right now. So... With that, we're gonna stay on top of it. We we can put and tell you about it <laughs> because that's that's what we do. We know we at least know what's happening week to week. We don't know what's happening two weeks from now, <laughs> but week to week, we can tell you no. about it. But we will be here on Fridays to tell you guys what's you know what's going on in movie news for the next week. That is our goal. And uh, one uh, film series that we've been already covering, which will definitely be happening no matter what every month, is a streaming series, which is um, the subject of this episode is uh, the streaming series on Hulu, Into the Dark, uh, produced by Blumhouse. Every month they put out a brand new movie based on or somehow loosely related to the month's holiday. (laughs) I would say this particular episode was very loosely. Sometimes they're <laughs> are, are more <laughs> in your face with it. But like you guys, you know how much we love Into the Dark. Um, we're huge fans of Blumhouse. And so this is, whether they do screenings live, whether we see them before, you know, in this whole thing, we know that we're going to be getting new Into the Darks. And we're, you know, always super excited about it because... We love them. I haven't seen a single one that I don't like. And they're all different, so that's really saying something. Like They're not really the same movie over and over again. It's no. Different directors, different writers, different themes. Different, different casts. Different casts, different vibes. It's, the only reason it's a series is that it's... I don't even know why they call it a series. I guess just to kind of say that you know this is the brand. <laughs> Isn't it an anthology? Well, no, an anthology would be a d- bunch of short stories within a film. Got it. So this is just kind of an unprecedented thing where they're putting out feature-length films every month on Hulu. Because they like us. Because they like us. But that, I, you know, they like us. They like their fans. and I mean, this is cool. Nobody else has done it, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, as we've been saying, we you know we want to be your uh, uh, your into the dark uh, headquarters. <laughs> I couldn't think of another phrase. <laughs> <laughs> we have been uh, doing extensive coverage on our uh, on our website of written content, especially over the past few months. Um, not only just reviewing the films, but interviewing uh, the cast. Um, we've been attending um, their. Um, cast and crew screening so we get kind of a a first look and sharing all that content with you clearly those have stopped happening the cast and crew screen which really sucks because for them you know 
because people want to be able to were, see what you know that they're you know get together and see what they worked on. The cool one of the coolest things about it is getting to go to a cast and crew screening is really really like a treat for us. That's you know it's not normally something that like media would get to do or whatnot. But what's great about the Into the Dark ones is that when you go, you really, really understand what, like, a family these people have become. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone in that theater, it's, it's like being in a room with just a bunch of friends who are having a party to celebrate this thing that they did. It's really, really cool to be able to go. And so once all of this is over and we can do that again, I'm really looking forward to it. But until then, we will talk to you about the movies. Yeah, so all that being said... Um... Let's talk about this month's film, Puka Lives. Now, yeah, no spoilers here. We want to give you a little bit of uh, information about it. What's what's really funny is that um, <laughs> this is a this is the first Into the Dark sequel, and n- neither of us have seen the first. <laughs> yeah, that being said, you do not have to watch the first one to enjoy this one. Um, in fact, I had heard some, I've talked to some people that really liked the first Puka. I've talked to some people that really, really disliked it. So I was a little, you know, kind of iffy going into it, especially mm-hmm. since I hadn't seen the first one, but I really enjoyed Puka Lives. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was an interesting tone. It was a playful, uh, fun tone, which is, um, the last into the dark was a little fun, but the ones leading up to it were I wouldn't say were not were not really fun. <laughs> so that's this goes again to show you how things how they jump around. I mean, it was fun to watch, but it was very serious subject matter. Is what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do like though how they how they do how they tend to balance serious subject matter with enough lightheartedness that it's not a downer. Yeah. And it is a it is a balance. I will I will I will agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah, like the February one, my Valentine, they did a great balance with that one. Right, but with the I was just yeah, I was thinking of that one. I was like, yeah, that one was not you know, it was a, it was a balance for sure. But there was some things there. Uh, I don't think there's anything too heavy in this one, but that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who you are, because I feel like it really touches on some interesting uh subject matter so in case i don't really know what i don't even know what happened in the first book and i, I guess that's irrelevant here we know that he's a uh some kind of doll like a stuffed animal um i get uh, kind of like a teddy ruxpin yeah i i was kind of thinking like uh it's a teddy ruxpin but it has the uh the uh abilities of a furby <laughs> Yeah. That was yeah. kind of what so, I was thinking. <laughs> so Puka is a stuffed animal that's kind of a bear, kind of a bunny, kind of a you don't really know what it is. And um, the, it's like the best-selling toy in this universe that it's in. And um, it, it repeats what you say. It can like talk back to you. Very Furby-ish. So yes. that's Puka. So, yeah, a little, little Furby vibe going on there. Um, and apparently, you know, he... Got into some trouble in the first movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, but when when we when we catch up here with Puka, uh, yeah, he's a big hit. 
And uh, the synopsis of the episode, or the film, whatever you call it, a group of 30-something friends from high school create their own creepy pasta about puka for laughs, but are shocked when it becomes so viral on the internet that it actually manifests more murderous versions of the creature. So, I mean, um, we have a pretty awesome cast here. I would say yeah, I was mostly. Just say, we gotta talk about this cast. Yeah, mostly the the people on uh, the Into the Darks are uh, up and coming unknowns. As far as I've seen, uh, this this is one of the uh, first ones that I've seen that had a lot of familiar faces. Uh, uh, this is starring uh, Felicia Day, also a producer of the film. Yep, and she was awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Wheaton girl, so I'm already a Felicia Day fan. Um, but I did really like her character in this. I was thinking I hadn't seen her in a long time. Uh, me personally, what was the last thing that she was that she had done? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I have no idea. But it's good to good to have her back. <laughs> yep. Um, and then also we got a uh, not a cameo. It's a short role. It was a short role. A short role. <laughs> Will Wheaton is in it, and that was kind of cool. Like I saw, I, I saw who was on. I'm like Felicia Day and Will Wheaton. What? Because, like James said, this is most of these are about like up and coming and, and new talent and stuff. And every single one of these that I have watched, I have found somebody new that I want to see more of. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, which I think is one of the coolest things about it. It, it, it I've discovered new directors, new actors, uh, new music like i love that they do that so when i got the thing and it said will wheaton and felicia day i was really surprised yeah and then your mind was like you thought the two of them would be skipping into puka land together (laughs) (laughs) but um no no i'll give it a cameo i mean it's a short roll a short spot there (laughs) enough to uh put them on the bill there yep for sure um, um, uh, the lead person I was not familiar with, Malcolm Barrett, but he seemed familiar the whole time, and I, <laughs> I that was driving me nuts. <laughs> but I couldn't even. I even looked up uh, his, his uh, IMDb, and I was like, "No, I haven't seen any of these." <laughs> he just he just seems like a guy, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Which I guess is uh, good for uh, the role he was playing. The, the kind of you know. <laughs> You know, like you could almost picture yourself in his shoes. Right. Um, yep. And we had uh, Rachel Bloom. Uh, I think she was uh, your crazy ex-girlfriend or my mm-hmm. crazy ex, somebody's crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, Jonah Ray is in the film. Uh, people might know him uh, from Nerdist podcast and also the new mystery science theater 3000 and uh, I don't know, whatever else he does. Okay, I know where I know Malcolm from. Where do you know him from? He, and you, you're right. I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, this guy looks familiar. Well, he's been in a few things that I watched, but um, there was a show called Timeless that was on a couple of years ago, um, and I really, really liked it, and I was sad that it got canceled. Um, but he was on that. Um, and then he was also in The Boys, which, I mean, you've seen that, right? I actually haven't seen The Boys yet. <gasps> James! Yeah. Okay, you gotta watch what he was in Santa Clarita Diet. I, thought, yeah, see, um, I think that was like a one episode role. There. That was like the one yeah. that I had seen was Santa Clarita Diet on his. On yeah, his but like I mean, he's been in a few things. So it, uh, he's well, I mean, he's been in quite quite a few things. But it makes sense that he was 
familiar, but I really liked him in the part. Yeah, no, you know, he definitely, definitely uh, owned it, <laughs> made it relatable, uh, as we'll get into in a moment. And I also just want to tease that uh, coming up uh, later in this episode, um, we have an interview with Felicia Day that was done by our managing editor, Kayla. So you get to hear uh, those deep questions. No spoilers there, of course, either. <laughs> 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 the inquiring minds want to know coming up. So it's a little tease there. So let's let's uh, let's have let's get into this a little bit here. Um, you see, I did. You found it enjoyable. What what did, what was what were your uh, what's your main thoughts of Puka Lives? I did. It was it was funny. It was light. It did not take itself seriously at all, which is good because it's about a, you know, stuffed animal. But like, and there, we, we've all seen movies with killer dolls, you know, from child's play to, uh, the boy, like there's just, there's tons of them mm-hmm. out there, you know, but I, sometimes I have a problem, especially if it's about a stuffed animal with that being taken too seriously because it's like, I have a lot of suspension and disbelief, but <laughs> I cannot, I'm not like scared of Teddy Ruxpin. So, um, so I actually, I really liked it that they did not take themselves too seriously. Um, the actors were like all in, you could tell that they knew that this was serious, but the story itself was really, it was really fun. It was kind of light and, uh, and ridiculous. And I really liked that. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I will agree that the elements regarding Puka were light and ridiculous, but I actually thought there was like some kind of deep subtext. Yes, but it didn't have anything to do with Puka. No, it actually had nothing to do with Puka. You know, it was it it did. It had it had subtext, and it definitely had something to say, and it was it's super relevant to the world that we live in right now, and everything that's going on online, you know, viral and stuff like that. Um, but none of that had to do with Puka. So I, I, I liked how they balanced those two things. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think about it, it's almost like two separate things. <laughs> and I guess that I, works because yeah, I mean, you know, you're kind of rooting for Puka, right? I mean, you, obviously you, you're, you're rooting for the, the people that you're hanging out with in the whole movie, but you kind of want to see Puka do Puka stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing about it though is, okay. And I'm, I'm, I do, I do not believe that this is a spoiler. Okay. Because it's the whole Puka thing, but Puka, uh, you know, it's a stuffed animal. It has a little theme song. And the whole thing is like, Puka knows if you're naughty, you're nice. So it's almost like a, what is elf on the shelf? Yeah, yeah. Type thing, you know, and that's kind of what they're going with. And that's the whole thing is Puka knows if you're naughty, you're nice. And, you know, Puka's going to, you get punished if you're naughty and not if you're nice, you know. So I was totally down with seeing Puka take out bad people. Like, you know. But. But was he, well, I guess that there lies who who's bad is completely subjective here. It is, but like, but <laughs> I. That that was probably the one thing that I didn't like is that if you're going to stick with the, you know, with the, the theme of the toy, then anyone who's not naughty would be safe, you know? Right. 
Well, I guess that's how was that defined? And I guess that's that's part of the that's that's part of the subtext because what I found really interesting about this, I mean, which which is not which is not subtext, which is really kind of your face. This film is definitely a commentary on social media culture. Yes, but it, it says it in the synopsis. You know, they created the the you know the creepy pasta for fun and what they wrote starts happening for real so and that that part of the film um i was a little uh i couldn't figure it out like it was it was perplexing because i was saying what what is the film trying to say about fake bad stuff on the internet becoming a reality that mob mentality can make yeah. anything real that's one you know. answer. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> get enough. You, you, there's, what, what, there's three sides to every story: his side, her side, and the truth. You know, if mm-hmm. you get enough people to believe something, then that, whether it's true or not, it becomes the truth. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, so yeah, so that right there is pretty deep. I thought that's, that's kind of what I was saying. I was like. I was like, there is some kind of uh, um, something to think about after after you're done singing the puka song <laughs> and doing the puka dance. <laughs> I wish this would go viral. I want to see all kinds of people do the puka dance. <laughs> oh well, maybe they'll start after. Uh, <laughs> maybe after they watch. That'd be the awesome. Movie. <laughs> Oh boy. Um but overall, like I said, I mean I think uh elaborating any more on the film <laughs> would would spoil it. I you know, unless you have any other thoughts here. No. Um Yeah, I, I overall I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that it's one of my favorites from the series or franchise or whatever, but it was good. It was light. Um, I actually had it on while I was sewing, um, which I, I really liked because, you know, there are some movies that you watch and you can't do anything else while you're watching them mm-hmm. because you have to pay attention to what's going on. And one of the things that I liked about this one is that I could do something else and have it on the background and I didn't miss anything. So I, I appreciate I was like, like that. What does that mean? <laughs> does that well, mean I, that the, nar- I, the narrative is all being spoken so you don't have to keep looking at what's going on? <laughs> no, I mean, but I was, I was watching. I literally had my, my laptop on the other side of my sewing machine. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so I was watching it, but I, I didn't have to pay close attention. And sometimes I really like those kind of movies. But a lot of the time, because I, lo- I like to multitask and craft and sew and whatnot, and so a lot of times... I like having something that I can just put on and is entertaining and I don't have to give a hundred percent of my attention to. Well, I guess that's that. But like we said, that's certainly into the dark episodes vary from, <laughs> from episode to episode. So you don't, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since we haven't discussed any of the other ones on the podcast, why don't we just give like a little bit of shout out um, to the ones that we've liked that we've really seen. Um, I, I could start by saying my favorite one that I've seen um, it was called A Nasty Little Piece of Work. Did you see that right one? Right on. Uh, which one was that about? What's the synopsis? Um, there was this guy that um, was 
went over um, to his boss's house on Christmas Eve to play a bunch of uh, demented games to get a promotion. Yes, I did see. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I actually loved it. Like that was like. Yeah, that one was good. I really liked that one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen most of them, but I can't remember all the names. So oh, okay, I mean, okay. and that that name doesn't really relate to the movie particularly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I could see how you wouldn't how you'd forget it. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's so that's my pick for my favorite. That's your one. that's your number one. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I see, I haven't watched all of them, but. Uh, Pretty much all the recent ones I've seen because we've been reviewing them. <laughs> um, well, my number one pick is uh, February's, which is my Valentine. Um, I, I, I swear it was just written for me. Like it's just <laughs> that was pretty much my takeaway. Like right after we ever was over, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that was like specifically made for Roxy." <laughs> it was right. <laughs> Right? It is my favorite. I don't think anything is going to replace it. I actually have both of the songs from that one on my Spotify. Um, worked into one of my like normal playlists. I loved it. But I do want to give honorable mention to um, Pure. I really liked Pure. Um, okay, I didn't see that I've one. Actually, What's that one about? Uh, it's about... Without giving anything away. Um... It's about God and Lilith. Wow. What what holiday was that? Is it wasn't. I don't think. Maybe it was, was like Easter? spring. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know oh by the way, came. this was Easter episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Puka um, lives. <laughs> by, they're very loosely based. Some of them are like right on, but some of them are not. Um, in, for instance, in my Valentine, it's mentioned like once, maybe twice that it is Valentine's Day. Yeah. Just, yeah. The story takes place on Valentine's Day, but it's yeah. not about valentine's day valentine's day yeah um and then but pure is the one that i've seen most i've watched it three times because i keep showing it to other people because i like it that much um and then the other one is a uh, uncanny annie oh i've been wanting to watch that one that one is cool. really good so yeah those are my top three uh my valentine uncanny annie and pure are my top three all right on <laughs> Well, uh, before we end this episode, we did tease it, and we're going to deliver it to you right now. Here is Kayla's interview with Felicia Day. So your character is very into mysticism, believes in ghosts and demons and things like that. Where do you personally stand on such things? Um, you know, I am not so much that. I, uh, I personally, <laughs> I'm a skeptic. I mean, I did acupuncture for a while. Only because people told me it was good for me. Um, I'm certainly somebody who needs a little bit more science um, behind. But also, you know, like, I I tend to believe in fairies a little bit more than an average person should. So <laughs> I, uh, I probably have aspects of both, but I'm certainly not the woo-woo sort of Edgy person that Molly is, which is why it was so fun to play her. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, preparation did you do to play her? You know, I uh, I, you know, I actually it was easy to prepare because it was mostly the camaraderie between um, 
uh, it's the camaraderie between um, me and the other actors. That was really sort of the core. I mean, I can't, we worked a lot on the backstory about how um, she related to her friends and how they interacted in high school. And so mm-hmm. that really kind of keyed in sort of the way that that dynamic keyed in the way that we played, uh, you know, I, I sort of played her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the context of the group was really important. And in grounding her as sort of the motherly character in the group, the person who really was the one who organized all the activities, like that helped me as a core to sort of develop her character. Okay. Um, did you have any maybe movie inspirations in your head when you were working on this? Um, you know, to me, like, it's just like another episode of Supernatural, to, you know, in a <laughs> sense. Um, that's, it really goes into that, that, that vibe. Yeah. Of, you know, uh, it's not like a horror, you know, psychological horror. It's not like, it's an action horror comedy, which is yeah. really hard to nail the tone of, but like, it does it really well. And so it kind of was already, you know, in my zeitgeist, in his sense, because that's what <laughs> I specialize in. I'm always the funny sidekick in sort of the Buffy's, the Supernaturals. Was there a scene that was either particularly fun or maybe really difficult to shoot? Um, you know, a couple of the, cha- you know, it was just a very low budget movie. So those were, all the, all the action sequences are really hard because it was like, you know, you didn't have, you couldn't go into overtime. It was all just like the great two games clock the whole time. And mm-hmm. Alejandro is from the Sam Raimi sort of uh, background. And so he has always these amazing uh, action sequences in mind. And he just puts them together so seamlessly and wonderfully. And Anna, our DP, was so fast. So then working together uh, was just a marvel to see. Um so, you know, it was challenging, but always fun. And I come from a lot of low-budget filmmaking, too. So standing around on set, just constantly shooting is fun for me. I get bored when there's <laughs> too much time. Yeah. I totally get that. When, I, when, when I'm when i too – like, I, I don't like being idle. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, I don't either. So I, I – sometimes acting is – that's why I love producing and acting and writing at the same time. Because if I was just acting, I would just be bored out of my mind. <laughs> Um, now, so since this movie has a lot to do with, you know, kind of lore and urban legends on the internet and things like that, uh, were there any urban legends or creepy stories that really freaked you out as a kid? I mean, I have to tell you, my, I was so creeped out as a kid constantly that it took very little. Like one time (laughs) I just turned, I turned my head and a flower just like, I was haunted by a flower, because it was, like, just a bud, and I turned my head, and I turned back, and it, had, it was a flower, and I was like, how did that happen? And I can vividly remember the horror <laughs> of this flower. So that's how dorky and, and uh, you know, nervous I am as a child. Like, a flower haunted me. It was a dandelion, that damn dandelion. <laughs> that so, damn like, dandelion. I have no tolerance for any horrible, so it really is, like, um... You know, I am just, I am the wimpiest of Wimpins. So, um, no, I, I, I have to, I have to be very careful about what I expose myself to if I ever, ever, ever went to sleep. Okay, so you're not a big horror person yourself either. I mean, I love the sort of like Yama del Toro kind of horror, like, you know, the off horror. I, I certainly, psychological horror, I will do, although I really, um, 
it traumatizes me. But Aww. anything that's more gory, I totally avoid. Unless it's like Evil Dead, which I eat that stuff up. So that's why <laughs> I love this, because the over-the-top sort of scream, you know, the, the, the stuff that borderlines into parody. Is yeah. That. I just can't have it t- take itself too seriously or be too, like, Saw will never happen. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um. Now, again, because this is, you know, internet heavy, is what is your least favorite internet trend? Oh, God. I mean, there's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't like, I don't like pranking children. You know, that whole thing where they threw kids' cheese in kids' faces or I just, right. I, I feel really uncomfortable. I was watching TikTok the other day for like an hour in bed because, you know, I was all away working and what else do you do as a mother who has free time on her hands? Um, <laughs> and I was like obsessed with all the beauty stuff. I was laughing so hard. But then when people were doing like funny things to their kids, I'm like, this is not cool. Like, and, and I don't generally like pranks in general. I think yeah. I'm kind of like mean spirited. So that is like the least of my vibe. Um, yeah. So anything other than that, like that's fine. But yeah, I don't, it makes me uncomfortable, especially kids. They don't know. They don't yeah. know what's going on. Or animals. I'm like animals. That's why I love, I get really into animals who are, um, uh, you know, I, I, I believe animals on screen more than people because animals don't know they're acting. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's always, it's definitely, you know, when you're watching, I love horror. When I watch horror, you know, it's, you're what it, you don't think about you're watching all of these, you know, people get attacked, but like a dog walks on screen and I'm just like, if they touch that dog, the dog knows, the dog knows. Yep. They're so intuitive. Oh my god! They don't know they're acting. They just think they're doing their job. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that we're having this this anti prank conversation on like the you know prank day. Well, that's why I refuse to believe anything. I hope people aren't like getting into it right now because I'm just like too irritated. This is not the time to prank people. Nobody needs that right now. Exactly. Now is like. I I was uh, looking at stuff this morning to see, like, what I'll be working on today, and I was just, like, so nervous. Like, let me read this multiple times, make sure it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't ever appreciate it. I'm always just like, well, yeah. I'll just log me off. Log me off. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> um, and so what do you think the takeaway is for this movie with the bad things on the internet coming true? I mean, I think what I love about this is that it does sort of, just like we're all bridging out, like we're all, we're all kind of getting jaded about how bad the internet is, quote unquote. And I'm the kind of person who started like old school internet where I believe in the, I believe in the power of the internet to bring people together. Mm-hmm. And that was always my naive. And then things got dark. And then now I think right now we're seeing a resurgence of people connecting in real ways and having personal connections and educating themselves and feeling accepted and, and being enhanced by the internet um, because we're all in our houses and we're all genuinely mm-hmm. putting our best foot forward on the internet as, far, as well as our worst. And it's kind of drowning out the worst it feels. And so I think it's kind of great because this movie is about somebody kind of rekindling their roots and finding strength out of kind of the trauma that the internet is putting on them, but their, their friends get them through. And so I love that analogy. It seems like a perfect mood to be releasing right now. Yeah, I think something I've also been talking about with friends is like, t- like, for example, Twitter in particular, it can be so, 
toxic and negative, but you just have to be oh, like sure. diligent about like curating. Like who are you following? Yeah. What kind of, yes. you know, news and feedback are you getting? But like you said, it's just yeah. it's all about community. You just have to be careful about who's in your, you know, online. Well, now we mostly only have online during this. Yeah, it's membership. It's almost like membership only, you know. Yeah. You just have to really, I have thousands of people blocked on Twitter over the years, and I've been to, you know, at, and at one time I felt like I needed to please everybody, and I couldn't block anybody, and I'll just, you know, like you have that sort of desperate thing, like i got to please everybody yeah. to be popular, and once you let go of that, you're like, you know what, I'd rather have a thousand dedicated fans than 10,000 where 2,000 are abusing me and them. Um, yeah. I found that the, the safer you make your community, the the more, you know, people want to be there. Like, you don't want to, we don't want a restaurant where people just throw water in people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you know, you don't do that. So, like, policing, you know, in a sense, like, making sure that your online environment is healthy for you and everybody you love, it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just because, I mean, this is the world we live in, what are some things you're doing to... Uh, you know, stay sane while we're all safe at home. I mean, I have a three-year-old, so stay sane. It's a little bit hard right now. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get a little bit of, you know, one hour of productivity is what I'm just expecting for myself. And so I'm like, you know what? Any more than that, you don't, you don't need to be. I, I'm, I'm giving myself permission to not be as productive as I feel like I should be. Um, because we're all kind of living in trauma and I'm cooking a lot more I'm uh, reaching out to old friends a little bit more which is like it kind of really shows you who really counts in your life versus like oh these are the relationships I maintain for reasons that are not really that important Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm trying to do you know I'm trying to stream more I'm streaming Twitch a lot more just because my community gives me joy and I love it (laughs) And I'm trying to, you know, like, just do hobbies. Like, if I want to play the mandolin today, I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Retirement is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I know things are crazy, but this movie, like you said, it's it's really fun. It's a fun combination of, you know, creepy but not, you know, but lo- it still yeah. has a lot of fun. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm so just... glad you like it. I think people are going to like it. I think it's kind oh, of like yeah. a perfect tone. Nobody's yeah. Be, nobody's signing up for being traumatized right now. Okay? No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just want I want my entertainment to be escapism and just, you know, exactly. happy. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we have here. It's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again. And, you know, stay safe and good, good luck with everything right now. Great. Yeah, you too. Thank stay you. Safe. Bye. Bye. Wow, isn't Felicia Day just so pleasant and charming? She is. I love her. That was a delight to listen to. Uh, we thank her for chatting uh, with us. For, and we actually have more Puka Lives coverage coming your way on our website in the form of the written word. Not only do we have more of an interview with Felicia Day, but we also will have an interview with Jonah Ray, who plays uh, Felicia Day's character's husband in the show. Yeah. Oh, actually, and one my final thought about Jonah Ray. Every time I've kind of seen him um, do whatever he does, he's usually pretty uh, stiff and uh, um, tense. Okay. <laughs> That's like a vibe I get from him. And, and, and his role in this film was very uh, the opposite of that, which I found very, <laughs> very amusing. Nice. <laughs>
So good on him. Uh, we also have the uh, full review of Puka Lives uh, on our website. It should be up right now as you're listening to this. So if you want more before you watch it, you could read that. If you just want to come back and read it afterwards. You can do that too. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to conclude uh, this episode. But we we do have uh, a little bit of a tease that the episode we'll be covering next week. We'll be covering a film called We Summon the Darkness. So what do we know about this one? Uh, it stars Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville as a priest. As a priest. He's not... He, He's not someone I've been seeing in the public eye recently. No, not much. Uh, I'm gonna, I haven't read anything about this movie. The only thing I know is from looking at the poster art. I know it comes out next Friday. I know it has Johnny Knoxville as a priest, and it looks kind of dark. But I'm, I'm really, really excited to watch it. Yeah, I don't know too much more. I know a little bit more. I know that somehow this film is heavy metal themed, so that's something going on there. But uh, for the most part, we're going to go into it blind for <laughs> before we watch it and tell you guys about it. but So you guys won't have to go into a blind, but that's coming out uh, next week on streaming. Oh, there's the... Gotta wrap it up, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, there it is. Some places have the cane that pulls you off stage. Yeah. We have that alarm telling us to wrap it up. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you at the movies. Now we say it. Now it's time to close the crypts. This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy.